want to say the rules. We're just going to do it. No, I th- yeah, let's. Okay, so ten rounds. Uh, it's a minute around. An individual gets to speak for one minute without being interrupted on a particular topic. At the end of that one minute, you'll hear the uh, the bell go off, the little boxing app that we've got, and the uh, speaker will identify who is going to be the next speaker, and that person either can continue the discussion on that topic or they can go somebody somewhere completely different. Right, you'll also get a 10-second before the end of the round yeah. notification. Right. It's the clapper. Yeah, like the sticks that you hear in boxing. All right, you ready? Yeah, yeah ready to go. All right, Bill's going first. Okay, so uh, with the topic of having to support something from above that you don't necessarily agree with, let's say a decision has been made uh, in the organization at some level, not necessarily at the top, but at some level a decision has been made, and you are going to support that decision and move forward and do what has to be done to do it. However, when someone questions you about how you feel about that decision or where that decision was rooted, uh, how it came about, is it right to say, I gave my feedback and that person decided this is how we're doing it? Because in my head, I think if, if you make the decision, you should be willing to stand on it that this was my decision. Uh, I don't particularly see it as undermining that person's authority by saying, I didn't agree with it. I am carrying it out, but I offered my opinion on why it wasn't necessarily true, but it is this person's decision. Hatch. Damn. (laughs) I was trying to play mind games there. I thought you probably were. I struggle with this a lot uh, because I sometimes feel like you come across as disingenuous if you're not being 100% transparent. But I also understand that you're undermining the decision when you, you don't support it. So I like that actual response that you said. You know, uh, I, I had my objections. You know, I was kind of overruled, but this is the direction we're going in. Um, but again, you know, and it's a tough one. It really is tough for me. I, I, I'm would be curious to hear how the other two fellows have to what they think about this. Uh, I don't really don't have a whole lot of suggestions for how to how to improve that. To be honest with you, like I said, because to me I feel like I'm I'm being untruthful to who I am if I go another way. And you know, if you want to quote it too, you know, it does that separation of the white shirts or the Kool Aid drinkers or or whatever. It, it's not that I'm worried about being called a Kool Aid drinker or whatever. But I just don't sell things that I, well that I don't believe in. Pabell. Awesome. Wait, wait, wait. wait. We, got, we got 10 seconds. You can collect your thoughts. Think about what's going to say. Look well, up a word other, or two. Other, you can look up a word. Other. I did take notes. So turnout gear. Here's something that would revolutionize the fire service. And some of you guys are probably doing it now and gals. But why is it that we don't have the ability when we outfit our firefighters with turnout gear for them to customize that turnout gear specifically to them. So I say that because for me, uh, uh, individual 5'4 at my best with a good pair of boots on, I'm going to get a pair of turnout gear for a six foot guy. They're going to cut off the legs, cut off the cuffs, and they're going to fit it to me. And it's horrible, but we're paying $1,500 for this turnout gear. So I did have this conversation with, and maybe if you're out there listening, you can give us a a contact and we'll have you on. Let's let the uh, uh, firefighters get 
with the turnout gear manufacturer that's coming in and let them outfit the gear specific to them. Fit, cuts, pockets. We don't all... Who's getting it? Shane. Well, of course. He could have picked somebody else. He could have, but why would we leave you out? I personally do not have a problem with what you said originally, Bill. He's pointing to Bill, by the way. To Bill about... <laughs> You know, a decision was made, I voiced my opinion, and this is the direction that we're going in. I, I don't have a, a big problem with that, although I know the argument has been you're not being supportive of the department and blah, blah, blah. I, I think in some ways what that does say is at least the department is willing to listen to other opinions, and you just said other opinions were said. And this is someone who I do respect, and I know their opinion was brought up. So maybe there's a bigger picture here that I didn't see before. I, th I think it's okay. I think it's okay to say, you know what? I don't think you have to go into details. I don't think you have to be emotional about it and say, I told him that was the stupidest idea I ever said. That is not appropriate to do that. But I think it is okay to say other opinions were given, and this is the direction we're going. Well done. Bill? I'm smiling. He is smiling. It's kind of like that post All right. Smile. So, yeah, no, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that, like what Hatch said, uh, you are um, you are maintaining the fact that you are, uh, you're not getting into that disingenuous area uh, because you it, there's nothing disrespectful in offering another opinion or countering you know uh something with hey what have you thought about this have you thought about that and i think shane you're absolutely right it it does um convey to those people who are asking oh those things were brought up you know um but like you said you don't have to go into it and go i think this is the stupidest damn thing that we've ever done i'm gonna do it but i think it's you know it's gonna get people killed that's not you know that that's not what's gonna happen that's not the idea but uh, I don't think it's undermining the authority. I think if you're willing to make a decision and you're put in a place of leadership, you should be willing to stand by your decision as yours. Hatch. <laughs> Pabella, your idea is so ridiculously stupid. <laughs> Customizable turnout gear? What is that? Or is the member going to pay for it? Yeah, yeah, shut up. Don't say anything. You can't talk right now. <laughs> I guess I guess if the member paid for it, I could see it maybe being done. But it seems like we're talking about like creating the fire department into the XFL. You know, you're going to he hate me on the back and all these, you know, crazy things. Probably the the one of the easiest ways for the, both the, the manufacturer and for the purchaser is if they're all very similar, the same type of things. Yes. For some outliers like yourself, we're going to have to make customizations so that it can fit you. Um, but generally I would think it's going to be much more cost effective not to do a lot of customization. Um, don't we allow enough uh, personal input in the t-shirt designs and things like that? Or do y'all just absolutely need to, cut holes in it and then when when it's too far what, what's the limitations you know what, what kind of places you're going to put on it you know, shane i'm not even gonna let you talk about it i actually thought turnout gear was already in some ways customizable so uh, here's my thoughts on that 
uh, a committee or a group or whatever, they decide this is what we're going to wear. This is what our turnout gear is going to be. It's going to be this shell, this inner liner. We're going to do this striping, this pocket, so forth and so on. I don't think that they really take a 36-inch waist of a 6-foot four guy and just chop off the legs otherwise the pockets literally would be your your side pockets would be down at your boot so maybe maybe you haven't maybe you haven't gotten the personalization that you're looking for just yet and um maybe there's a little more frustration there or uh i don't know maybe there is more frustration going on there that we want to talk about but i think gear's already personalized quote-unquote enough bill bill (laughs) (laughs) you sons of bitches spicy you know baby (laughs) i um i maybe i'm wrong i'm looking at shane but uh we were measured for turnout gear at one point weren't we so yeah he's nodding yes so i mean in our department there was a uh, at least a, a period where we were measured, um, so I, you know my turnout gear came to me with my name on the label uh, in the pants and the coat. Um, so uh, it's there. I think if you're starting out with a, a completely new set of turnout gear, I don't know that it would add more to the cost. I don't know anything about it, but the cost is definitely a a factor. I think most of our firefighters don't understand just how expensive that gear is. Uh, how expensive the APX radio that you're using is. That's a $6,000 radio that you're carrying on your hip, you know, and that you take into a fire and you don't really care about what's happening to, and, you know, oh, I ran over it with a truck, you know. There's a lot more expense to these things than we think. And I'm going to go to Hatch, Pabell. Pabell, I'm going to Pabell. I'm going to Pabell. I was going to explode. Yeah, All right, for starters, <laughs> what I want to say is that turnout gear is customizable. When I say customizable, what I mean is I don't want my pockets down to my knees and I don't want my knee pads down at my shins, which is typically what I end up with. So it is an exaggeration on my part to say that, you know, they give me a six foot uh, guys and cut off the cuffs. What I am saying is that when I was able to sit down with the gear people and have them manufacture it to me, what I meant is not changing much. For instance, why do I want a radio pocket when I wear a radio strap? That reduces cost. Why um, on my gear, what I had them do is taper the coat so my coattail with my name on it wasn't down in the back of my knees, which is typically the first 10 years of my career. So what they actually did is outfit me better and have gear that I was more mobile in, which actually was a reduction in cost, Hatcher, when I was done. Well played, I'm sure they Hatcher. make it on a well I'm sure they make it on a template, and every time they have to change that template, it costs them. So, no, it's not going to save you cost. Uh, and you're totally incorrect because I have actually vetted this process, and here's what happens. Do you know it's like $100 for every time they put a little bit of extra padding uh, or protection on your shoulders, your elbows, stuff like that where they put the extra padding? What I had them do is take turnout gear, and instead of me having to grab my crotch every time to bring my pants up because they really weren't. What are you, Madonna? combustible is available on itunes spotify google play stitcher amazon and everywhere else you listen to podcasts 
Subscribe to Combustible to make sure you don't miss out on an episode. Follow us on Facebook so we know how many of you listeners there are out there. And you can check us out online at combustiblethepodcast.com. As always, we would like to thank the Golden Dogs and True North Records for letting us use their song Saints at the Gates for our theme music. You can find the Golden Dogs music on any streaming platform. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you later. Later.